Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and good evening. This is Conversational Elevation with the Vibrarian. I'm Joelle, your host for the conversation this evening, and I am here every Thursday evening on the Vibrary Collective Network, which currently streams through the Blog Talk Radio forums. I am here with the mission to elevate, enlighten, and empower, and I'm starting that from the inside out. So I am here sharing the things that I experience, observe, and learn, and passing those on to you with the hope that it also helps shift you to the same frequency of good vibes that I am currently on. I'm here this evening. It is Thursday evening, and uh, it's January 28th, and uh, we're nearing the end of the very first month of this new year. And I don't know about you, but it seems like it went by in the blink of an eye. Um, It seems like we were just having Christmas and New Year's, and now we're already steamrolling ahead with a whole new energy, a whole new frequency, and it's like buckle up, buttercups, because the ride is certainly one that is unpredictable. I'm on several social networks. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram under the handle at the vibrarian, and that is T-H-E-V-I-B-E-R-A-R-I-A-N. And the E is for energy. I believe that energy is one of the most uh, important things that there is to talk about. And so each week when I'm here gathering with the Good Vibe Tribe, energy is going to be a persistent theme of everything that we talk about All things emit a frequency, and we want to make sure that the frequency that you are emitting is one that is in the highest possible vibration because that is what your reality will then reflect back to you. If you are out there on social networks, please tag uh, hashtag Good Vibe Tribe. Send something, drop it in my inbox, in my direct messages, because I would love to pass on the positivity. It's way too easy for things that are negative to go viral these days, and I want to contribute to the positive conversations. I think that many of us could spend hours really scrolling around our social connections and peeking in on the lives of others, and it is so wonderful when we're able to share in the joys and successes that people post, and so I would love to also be part of that network. The phone number tonight and every Thursday is 646-787-8436. We've got folks on the phone lines this evening listening in, and of course you can always stream through blogtalkradio.com slash thevibrary. If you're turning in after the live show, then you might have found us on iTunes or one of the other podcasts that are out there. Thank you for subscribing and tuning in. For those who are listening in the car on the way to the work or late at night after the kids have gone to bed, I appreciate 
appreciate your time and contribution as well. As we know, time is simply a perception. So at any point in time that you stumble upon this, it is the perfect and right time for you. If you're listening on the phone lines, go ahead. If you want to contribute to the conversation, you can always press the pound or hashtag and then the one, and it will let me know that there's someone in queue who wants to add to the conversation. So last week was a great introduction. I was spent some time sharing with you a little bit about like feeling your passion and using that as a way to navigate your life into a situation where you are fully experiencing happiness while you're doing that little special thing that you specifically were created to do. This week I'm continuing that conversation with the topic of the why of your vibe. Now, the why of something is the motivation behind it. We're looking at the reason that something happens or doesn't happen. We're looking at cause and effect. So tonight we're going to look at both the inner cause and outer cause uh, times of our vibrational frequency and ways that we can shift those experiences because then our output will then also be shifted. So it's a it's a little interesting perspective. There's a lot of little who, what, whens, whys, wheres, and hows involved in this. But if you'll be patient, I think that we will take a journey into something that will make sense by the end of the evening. So why is vibration important? The vibration of something is actually in scientific terms, it is the frequency of a thing. All substances emit a frequency. It is the movement of the part particles in our cells, and that includes the cells of all living objects. Uh, the scientists know that Earth itself as a planet emits a frequency, and the astronomers are always talking about the sound of planetary bodies and objects, and there are, there are satellites who are scanning the night skies and deep into space listening for an anomalous frequency, something that would give us the indication that there is an object out there that we want to explore further. And so the fact that something is vibrating at a frequency means that we are always able to be detected and also able to detect other things. Now, in a very real sense, like in the animal kingdom, we know that uh, it is impossible to really cloak oneself to avoid being detected by, you know, say if you're being stalked by a, a, a tiger, then, you know, the tiger has the ability through its sensing body to smell you. Uh, to hear the sound of your breathing, 
Um, I think snakes are able to detect through infrared. Uh, dolphins and sea animals are able to detect through ultrasound and sonic waves. The pings that come back from the things that are observed through whatever, you know, if you're talking about your eyes or your ears or your smell or your skin, we are very, very finely tuned instruments. And so, you know, if if you think about the fact that there are things that don't have eyes that are still able to create an image based on the heat pattern or humidity of something, and that that image that they even see would rival what we think is uh, possible to view through our human eyes. Um, if you think about our taste buds and all of the things that we are able to experience in our palate as we're eating, each of those tastes and flavors is, in fact, a frequency or vibration. And if a snake can, you know, use its tongue to tell if there is an animal that will be a food source for it by simply you know, putting its tongue out to feel the environment and then knowing that is the vibration of the mouse that, I, that I'm going to have for dinner. Um, you know, these are like systems that are truly, in, in the terms of science, there's nothing extraordinary about them, but in the way that I view it in terms of creation, it is absolutely miraculous that we have this ability to experience our world. Um, one of the experiments that I've seen talked about over the years is where um, this uh, talking to water, and I'll have to look up the scientist's name, but he talked about the, the shape that ice crystals form when they are in the presence of um, positive vibrations. Uh, Dr. Emoto, Masaru Emoto, and his water experiments. You can look it up on the Internet and on YouTube. There are plenty of videos. But the basic premise is that when words of positivity were spoken to the water as it formed crystals, then those crystals had a geometric shape that was very orderly, and beautiful to behold. Um, it, there were scientific, uh, like if you want to look at Fibonacci and the, the golden ratio and how uh, the sacred geometry presents in nature and science, then you would say that they were very vibrationally aligned crystals that were formed as evidenced by the beautiful structure and symmetry. None of them were the same, of course, but yet there were certain frequency patterns that you could see um, were just a positive, and that reflected the positivity of the vibration being spoken to the water now, uh, or the sounds being played to the water in terms of harmonious sounds versus dissonant sounds. So dissonant sounds are like the sound of something that is clashing, that is not in harmonic frequency, that is filled with a negative, and that can be 
you know, um, words of negativity, but more important, it was the vibration of negativity. And the crystals that emerged from this were very, not, I won't say ugly, but they were not shaped in a way that was pleasing. They were not symmetrical. They were lopsided. They were skewed. And, uh, you know, so it's interesting because if we are primarily water in our cellular bodies and we look at then what power uh, vibration has in terms of shifting the waters within our own physical element, this becomes a rather profound kind of real-world experiment. Uh, many people have plants, and they talk to their plants, and as they're watering them, they speak loving words as they're growing and uh, praising the plant and developing relationships with plants. Um, I myself don't have a very good green thumb, but I do talk lovingly to the plants that I try to keep alive <laughs> because I figure if uh, nothing else in terms of how I tend to them, well, at least I can speak kindness. In, to them, even if I'm not remembering to water them at the right time or maybe don't have them in the right atmosphere, at least I didn't negative talk them to death. <laughs> so there is that as a positive to it. But um, if you look at us as people like little plants or living beings, what are the frequencies that we experienced as little baby sprouts? Were you in an environment where words of love and positivity were spoken to you? Were you in a place where you got to experience the frequency that comes from like a mother or father singing to the baby? Or were you in an environment where there was screaming or arguing or yelling or stress? Um, or negativity always being expressed, what did those vibrations communicate to you at a cellular level before you were even able to process with your mind the words that were being said? Children and animals are very, very good at responding to frequency. So I've seen many little jokey videos, you know, where parents will have their little baby that's under talking age, and they'll be saying the craziest things to the little baby, but the way that they're saying it to the child is got the baby smiling and giggling and cuckooing, and they'll say, oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. But, you know, they'll say something like really negative, like, this show is so stupid. I don't know why we're watching it. But because the tone of it is light and loving and beautiful, the baby will respond to that light and loving energy. The same for that is reversed when you say something that is intended to be maybe loving to a child or person, yet your frequency is not actually matching the words that are being said. 
we've all experienced that. And some would say, oh, that felt like a little bit of shade in what you said. Or are you being passive aggressive? Because that didn't feel like you were saying thank you. That felt like you were kind of cussing me out in your tone, right? So we know that the literalism is not as important as the vibration. This is one of the key reasons why coming into awareness of a why behind a vibration is very important, so if you are operating in this world and, uh, you know, let's say that, you, for instance, you're going into a job or work environment where maybe you are not actually participating in negative conversations, but your office is adjacent to somebody who is always having some form of stress or conflict or they talk to people in a way that transfers their own internal state of distraction or dissatisfaction over to others just from being in the proximity of that constant frequency can begin to affect your own well-being and happiness. Um, I think that uh, one of the things that I heard is uh, the idea of folks going and basically vomiting up their own internal sick feelings into their environment. And by that, that would be the person who comes in who's always complaining about things that are at home or they take out their stress and frustrations by being short with colleagues or unappreciative of them or talking about others in a bad way behind their back but in the presence of other people. You know, that is basically taking your inner state and spewing it out on to other people, the toxic personality. Sometimes it can be even your state of depression, like uh, we would see Eeyore um, on Winnie the Pooh um, or uh, you know, other characters who are always like, oh, it's a beautiful day outside, and I'll say, oh, well, it would be beautiful if I didn't have so-and-so or oh, I'm sick again, and oh, nothing just ever goes right for me. Um, oh, wasn't that a great movie? Well, the last movie that I saw was really better. This one just really went too long. It's like that constant stream of, of down vibration can make people not want to be in that person's presence. And this can be very challenging because if you happen to be, you know, say you are experiencing a depression and everything does seem to be pretty negative and pessimistic to you, sometimes folks will withdraw the energy and support that you need when you really do need a person who can be a lending ear. But what happens is that we exhaust or fatigue our support network who may not have the capacity to continue receiving and processing our feelings of depression and negativity, especially if we are not doing anything to, um, to 
treat our depressive inner state so that we can move out of it. If we are just staying in a persistent state of negativity or depression or pessimism, then there actually can begin to be a dynamic that is recirculated over and over again to where that becomes your comfortable state. And I think we all know people who are very much comfortable with their permanent state being one of crisis and tragedy. And, you know, I would challenge to say that a lot of that then is because the person might get validation from others being concerned about their negative story. And that can begin a feedback loop of, well, it feels better for me to be comforted than for me to move into a state where I don't need comfort. Because then what will happen? Who will pay attention to me? Who will uh, give me time and attention and energy if I don't have these negative crises for them to help me through? Uh, So these kinds of things can develop patterns that if we are not paying attention and not aware of, uh, we can create a reality that really is alternate to what we would prefer if we felt empowered to be able to shift that. One of my favorite books that I recommend all the time is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I think I've given away almost every copy that I ever bought of that book because I I just insist on people reading it because it was so helpful and transformative to me. And one of the things that uh, the author talks about is this, the mitoti or the, the etheric energy that is created by all of us and that it is this soup of things, of ideas, of concepts, of belief systems that we all uh, kind of grow into after we are born from our natural neutral state. We begin to swim in this uh, mitoti, and that what happens is when we get uncomfortable, uh, usually through a crisis or life transformation issue, then we begin to examine everything that we have unconsciously adopted and then begin to work through a system of letting go of the things that do not fit us and stepping into an operation that feels better for us overall. And one of his, you know, the four agreements is to not take things personally So understanding that everyone is living their own reality version and that you are just a player in somebody else's movie um, and that you have your own movie that you are co-creating or co-directing and everyone else is an actor or player or part within your conscious co-creation. So, you know, it is not my responsibility to then go and uh, fix the negative Nancy in the office next to me because Nancy is not necessarily negative because of anything that I did. And so, you know, it is not my responsibility to try to influence or fix Nancy's reality so that she begins to experience something else. And matter of fact, we would probably find that Nancy would be rather resistant 
to me, you know, inserting my viewpoint or plan into her reality and would it would probably backfire in terms of me trying to help to uplift her if I were to do so. But by the same token, I also do not need to let like the negative Nancys of the world begin to intrude and influence my own inner state in response to them. It gets to be a very fine-tuned balancing act then between uh, being an empathetic and compassionate person out in the world and yet then having healthy boundaries in order to manage oneself as best as possible. One of the other things that Don Miguel Ruiz writes about in The Four Agreements is to be impeccable with your word. And in this teaching, he talks about the power of your word, that as you say it, so it is. And so much of what we do is unconscious creation because we have spoken it into our reality. So what this would look like is that if you were to say, I am sick, oh, I'm so sick, oh, I'm sick and tired, oh, I'm just sick today, right? Well, you will then create for yourself through the power of your infinite word a condition of being sick. The word, the frequency, the act of actually taking something, excuse me, that is a thought in your mental space or a feeling that you then articulate actually puts a vibration behind that which is energy and that brings it out into the manifested word through sound. One of the things that is talked about then is the power of speaking affirmations, not just writing. I mean, writing is its own act of transferring an intangible, which is a thought, into something tangible, which is through your hand and out onto the printed paper. And so there is power in that. We see evidence that if you need to get things done, it's really good to write a list down because then it is not in your head and in your mental laundry list of things to do. It becomes something that is written on paper, and it is easier then to work your way through that list because it has been made manifest in a more solid form. So if we are speaking things in our, from our mental emotional state out into the word into the world through our word then it becomes easier for those intentions and energetic purposes to become manifest so being careful what you speak or at least intentional about what you speak is very important and no more so important than how you speak to yourself, first of all, and then how you speak to children, second of all, because children are truly blank slates and everything that they hear and process and receive as it is said to them, both energy and actual word, 
will write stories into their vibrational field. We are constantly writing stories into our own vibrational field. So what that looks like is if I am out in the world and everyone thinks that I'm super confident and I've got it going on and I'm together, but on the inside after I've done something that others have praised me for, but if I inside I'm saying to myself, oh, you're so stupid, you forgot to do so-and-so. Oh, my gosh, that was terrible. You'll have to do better next time. Look how many mistakes you made. Oh, my gosh, no one really was listening to you. All these things that are in the thought space are more important than the spoken frequency that is heard by others or even expressed to others. We know that thoughts, even though they are what we would call intangible, they actually do carry a vibration. And there are scientific experiments that are beginning to show in real um, experimental ways where they have followed the scientific protocol um, to be able to show where thoughts are able to influence outcomes. There was an experience, an experiment that happened, I want to say it was in maybe the 90s or early 2000s, where there, the experiment was to see whether prayer had an impact on people. And so they took people who I think had had like some kind of medical instance and in the two control groups, the one group was prayed for by people and the other group was not. And there actually was a measurable difference in the blind control study that was able to show that the people who were in the prayer group did receive better outcomes in terms of whatever the health condition was that was the common experience. We're beginning to see more and more of the the new science and quantum physics and quantum fields and particle science that are showing that the charge and frequency of things is measurably changed by the quality of the actual thought. Now, most of us who are ruminating or thinking about things, we are carrying a frequency of response even as we are processing it in our mental space. Uh, it's very challenging to get to a place of neutrality uh, when thinking about the things that come to the, to the conscious mind. So most of us are running a list in our head or thinking about stuff, and we can enter states of happiness or sadness or stress just based on our own stream of thought as we observe it. Not only that, we've all been around somebody who we can tell even if they're not verbalizing it, we can tell they've got something on their mind. We can tell that they might have something heavy going on. And so what we will say is, are you okay? You seem a little quiet today. The person will say, oh, no, everything is fine. 
<laughs> right? And then we're like, you know what? I know something is wrong with this person. They may not want to talk about it right now, but they're not their usual self. We know when we're all in a meeting on our job and if somebody comes in that is upset or if a customer comes up to us at our job, as they approach us, they don't even have to open their mouth to know, for us to know that there is going to be a negative interaction coming. I'm calling, coming to talk to the manager we all know what coming to talk to the manager energy looks like and feels like, right? So all of these things are based on the person's internal energetic state that is being shown through the body language and their frequency. Even the most stoic person uh, who has developed their poker face uh, people who study body language will tell you that everybody has a tell. No matter how much you try to make your face blank or to not give things away, even like involuntary twitches in your eye or blinking changes, respiratory changes, to the trained eye, those things read as clearly as if you actually spoke your thoughts and feelings out loud. It is because of this beautiful complexity of being frequency of being manifested matter, that's like all of the fun of this experience is because we are getting to use our senses, our t eyes, ears, taste, touch, sound. We are getting to process all of this frequency in a very beautiful Way And I think that is part of the gift of being an incarnated being at this time on this planet. There are people who experience what they call synesthesia, where they hear sounds in colors. It's a function of the way that the brain processes, and when they write or play music, they may not even be seeing notes on the paper, but they will see a glorious picture filled with different color shades, and uh, those color shades represent to the way their brain sees things as the music that they are then performing through or the art that they are creating. I don't have that particular process, but I can imagine that it would be truly amazing to live in this technicolor, vibrant experience where all things look like the color of the rainbow and more infinite even. The vibration of color is one of the other things that we often overlook, but it is very important. When we clothe ourselves and put on different colors, it usually matches our mood or the occasion. And as we grow over our lives, 
we begin to fine-tune our own personal sense of style and we, we know what our power colors are that make us feel positive. We know what color our interview suit is going to be. We know what our favorite color of lipstick is. Uh, you know, uh, we know what we want our home to be vibrationally in terms of the color palette that we choose for our furnishings to represent. There are huge amounts of uh, information and services out there that will go into color therapy. How can you clothe yourself for success or to for helping illness or in recovering from things? Um, how can we move out of like depression or what should our brand colors be or our mascot team colors be? All of these things matter. And when companies change colors, even just a little bit, um, then it changes the energy about their company. I live in Atlanta, and one of the things that Delta did a couple years ago, which used to be, you know, Delta blue and red, right? And then they came out with this new deep purple color a couple years ago, which was like a departure from their overall brand identity. It's like if Coca-Cola all of a sudden came out in pink cans, it was that different, but they did it in a way that really wound up looking very good, at least to my perspective. And the next time I flew Delta after that, I felt, I felt very positive when I was on the plane. I liked the flight attendant's uniforms and the little purple. It caught my attention. And I thought, well, okay, Delta, very good job, right? So somebody understood the science of vibration and color in order to get it to emit a frequency that would help them be successful in managing their brand. See, all of these things are reasons why vibration is important. We're constantly experiencing an external world where there have been lots of money put into efforts to determine what will catch our attention, what will compel us to turn our energy into an investment, what will compel us to be more productive in our work environments what lighting needs to be changed, and, and what does the office layout need to be like in order to make our worker population the most happy little busy bees that we can have. All of these things are determined by external sources, but the challenge is to not abdicate our total experience to the external crowd that is vying for every second of our attention, the external crowd that is wanting to shape and manipulate and uh, train and groom our energy and focus so that we become reactionary. When you begin to start from the inner space, from your inner conversation and look at why. Why do I like doing what I do? Why do I not like 
doing what I have to do. When we sit with those questions and our inner motivations, then we begin to take the reins back to controlling our experience in a different way. And I won't even say controlling. I would just say experiencing our reality in a different way. So what this means is that when, you know, as I shared last time, when I would go to do the library research and the work that I love to do, I love the act of finding information, but I began to not love how and where I was doing it. And it took me a while to figure out the why behind that. And it turns out that I felt that there was a deeply in, uh, I had a deep sense of injustice because I felt that the information halves, those who could afford librarians and research and access to the databases that are out there, that they had an unfair advantage over the information have-nots, people who don't have computers, who don't have access to expensive databases, who may not even have access to books or even literacy. And so it was, the frequency of that transaction of continually contributing my energy to an in, what I perceived to be an imbalance was beginning to make my frequency lower, even though I was still doing an activity that I normally took great enjoyment out of. So the why of what I was doing began to matter and I became aware then of it mattering. So awareness is like 90% of the battle. When you begin to understand like, well, why am I feeling depressed? I'm not even upset about anything. That's when you can discover it's because the person that you talk to all the time is uh, uh, that, that negative Nancy. And then you realize, well, I'm not going to join that negative Nancy in that energy. Why? Because my life is actually pretty good, and I've been over-empathizing uh, uh, the energy of that person's experience and making it my own. So understanding the why helps me to put in a better boundary. If I didn't know, then I would just keep accepting all of these external things um, without thinking and then operate in response. Now when I go to the grocery store, when I see the new food products, oh, I love to see new food products. <laughs> I can recognize a package upgrade, new and improved, like all the way down the aisle. I'm like, well, what is that? You know, I'm sitting in the, I think, the old El Paso taco aisle, and I'm going down looking for salsa, and all of a sudden I see the, on the third shelf down from the bottom, not even up at the top, but I see there's some new taco kit flavors. Well, El Del Paso is aware <laughs> that my energy and my eye and my brain computer will notice that there's a difference, and they want me to be intrigued and to draw my energy over there and then convert me into a transaction whereby I give them my money to bring said taco kit home. Now, being aware 
that I am susceptible to grocery store food packaging helps me to be a better consumer for myself. And what this means is that I can see the new package, be aware that it's there, but not mindlessly then have to have it, right? The why of it becomes important because my why would be, well, you don't need another reason to eat tacos, (laughs) right? Or, you know, my why might be like, wow, they increased the price of this, doubled it, and, you know, I'm not going to pay that. Whereas if I was just focused on the externalizing of the experience, then I would engage in something that actually might happen to my detriment. The why of the conversation with the friend who is always negative, when you start to realize that they just really want you to come up with all the solutions for them and take your time thinking about their problems, but they never really intend to implement any of the suggestions that you're making and you find yourself at home worried about their life more than what they are worried about, well, then your why shifts you to a healthier place that says, you know what, I'm not going to answer the phone this time with this person. I'm not going to necessarily carry their problem over into my reality and make it my special mission, (laughs) right? So the why, again, comes to the important part. When we are watching the things that are going on outside of us, the things we see on the news, the things we see in our personal reality, one of the biggest questions people will say is, well, why did they even do that? Why do they believe that? How could they do this? I mean, like we get all these questions in place, right? So part of the thing is that I don't have to understand other people's why. All I have to do is respect the fact that they have their own why. So a lot of the thing is that we get outside of our lane and attempt to either insert ourselves or bring other people over into our creation rather than saying, you know what, Uh, the why, I could think of a hundred reasons why. Right, I can think of a thousand reasons why this person might have felt the need to do that. But all those are are the way that I think or view their experience. In the four agreements, you know, Don Ruiz talks about don't make assumptions. And many of the times we tell ourselves a story behind someone's why. We take the facts and tidbits that they might have shared with us and we say, oh, he's just wounded. Oh, he's just bitter. Oh, she's just got baggage. Or, you know, we we assign all kinds of whys to people. And sometimes they're giving us the, you know, information directly about that. But other times we're often making an assumption about what that looks like. I say that we give the opportunity for people to always share who they are and the insights about their motivations that we can observe, 
but we don't need to paint a hard line picture uh, of that for ourselves and that we should remain flexible in then our understanding and awareness of people. When we paint people into black and white lines and corners and positions, it really is more detrimental to us because then we are operating with these characters or concepts that we have created within our personal narrative. And the only person then that is being affected by that is ourself. It really is an inside-out job. And I love that movie that came out uh, several years ago. I think that's exactly the name of it was like Inside Out, but it was about all the feelings inside of the personality of, you know, the little girl, I think, who was a character. It was an animated film. And, you know, there was the anger character and then the fearful character and then the joyful character and then the sad character. And, you know, the the happy character was trying to suppress the sad character because she felt like, well, your sad feelings are destroying everything. And, you know, by the end of the the whole movie, basically it began to be understood that all of the feelings, all of the inner state of the awareness were important to the young girl's external experience. So you can know why you are sad. It is not to not be sad. You can know then why you are depressed and and seek the answer for that. You can know why you are happy and joyful and passionate about something. All those things just go into you being better operationally out the world. You move from a reactionary reality into a co-creator, driver's seat position and are better able to navigate the external world when your inner GPS and compass is aligned to your own why. So, you know, this is an interesting conversation each week. It's going to continue unfolding more. Uh, You know, uh, I think there used to even be a commercial, why ask why, try bud dry. See how that phrase sticks in the consciousness due to good marketing? I'm sure it's like a 20-year-old slogan for something, right? But why ask why, it's important to ask why because therein lies your motivation, therein lies the goals that you develop, therein lies your whole experience because if your why is because it makes me happy and because I feel healthy, then you will have no problem being healthy in your relationships and boundaries. You will have no problem walking away from dynamics that do not match your I've got to be happy and healthy, why, on the inside. You begin to own your own things and not accept those of others when they don't match your why. You can process the negative and challenging things that are meant to be in your reality in terms of soul growth and development when you look at 
the why with honesty and with the goal of moving through the fear of any of these painful or negative feelings that might be arising in you. Through greater examination and awareness, you can shift in a very meaningful way your future trajectory. Oh, I've got people on the phone lines. I don't know if anybody's got any comments this evening. Um, you know, it, I'm here every Thursday evening. If, if anyone has any questions, please send them to email or over to uh, one of the direct messages on the social networks, and I'll make every effort to answer, you know, do a little vibrarian research and pull some answers out for you, um, and we can all learn and grow together. Um, okay, so we've got caller 0787. Um, coming on the air. Hello, you're on Conversational Elevation with the Vibrarian. Who is this? This is Dr. Tracy J. Oh, Dr. Tracy J. Hey, Dr. Tracy. I I love that you called in. I thought that was you. I could see your line blinking there. Uh, to all our listeners, uh, Dr. Tracy is a friend and local Atlanta Good Vibe Tribe member. Uh, she's a doctor of the heart and angel communicator. And so I'm very interesting to see Actually, I know you've been doing a whole 21-day love yourself, you know, be your own Valentine kind of uh, exercise by email for the last several days, and I receive your things in my inbox first thing in the morning. And I will tell you, it is nice to have this little message from the heart space to add to my positive vibration when I first open my eyes every day. So I trust that's one of the whys as why you send that email out first thing so that people can have that conversation with their heart at the beginning of the day. Yes, yes. And I am really enjoying your uh, your message uh, that you're sharing surrounding uh, vibrations and how important it is. And as you may mention, yes, I am uh, what I call myself the the practitioner of the heart. And it's so, so important. And one of the things you was talking about was awareness, being aware of our feelings. And that's like one of the most important things that we can do in terms of managing our vibration. Because if we are aware of what is going on within our hearts in uh, in terms of our feelings, it will assist us in navigating through life and attracting what we truly desire um, to experience on our journey. And one of the things that I share with my clients and those who I do the heart scan readings is that our hearts create a magnetic field which attracts things to us. And so that uh, magnetic field points to your vibrational state. And also, you know, one of the things that I talk about is that the emotional blocks, which is a low-level experience or vibration, and the um, layers of love, uh, which which points to the manifestation and the creation of um, experience of love within your heart, which is the highest vibrational frequency. So, um, you're, what you're sharing um, today in reference to the importance of 
our vibration is truly the key of manifesting and experiencing what we truly desire in our lives. That is so, you know, I think on a future episode or conversation, we're going to have to talk about the research that the Heart Math Institute has done, which talks about actually the frequency, the actual scientific force field that the heart puts out. It is the strongest vibration. We think that it is like our mind and our brain, but it is really the heart that is directing that force field outward. And so, you know, that awareness even shifting from head to heart is huge in changing, you know, our reality experience. I've got another caller here. I I do know who this is. We're going to bring her on as well for the continued conversation for a few more minutes here. We've got uh, 5595 on the line, and this is Tanya, right? Yes, yes, yes. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Hello. I appreciate you and Tracy tuning in from the phone lines this evening. Of course, of course. Well, I had to call in. I had to say something. I just could not keep sitting here and not saying it. Uh, You talk about the why, and, you know, we may not understand the why when it happens, but even if that why is two years down the road, you still go back to why did I do it? What was I asking for? And then from that moment on, it's like the spark, the creative spark that just does not stop. So, just being patient and waiting for it. For me, I waited a long, long time and didn't know what I was waiting on, but when it came, it took me, and it grabbed me, and and it hasn't let go. And I didn't even know that it was this. So, you know, it's just amazing. The why is a big thing, but once you get that little part of the why, it opens up doors to, like, you know, you would never believe Well, and that's so interesting as well because uh, I'm going to put you back on mute because we've got a little bit of feedback, but I'll check back in in just a second here as well. All right. Okay, so a lot of times we start with the why not, right? We know why we don't want to do something anymore. Like we get very clear Uh, messages about, well, this is not going to work out for me. My body's telling me it's not going to work out for me. I don't have the energy to keep doing this. It's stressing me out to keep doing this. This is the why not. I'm not working at this job anymore. I'm not staying in this relationship anymore. I'm not staying in this house anymore, right? So we have the why not But then in the space between the why not before the why emerges, that's where the challenge can be, right? In that space where there is a void where the seed or the true awareness or crystallization, if you will, has not yet come forward to show us a why, And so one of the things that is very important is to get to that blank slate place and not be stressed about it. 
to just be in like the relationship with your inner self, getting to know your inner self and figuring out what it feels like to not have something to do, to not have a purpose, a goal, or a mission already in mind to give the pause where that can happen. And like I know, uh, for instance, Tanya, your experience, your why period between why not and then why uh, was a couple years gap, right? It was uh, probably three years of me asking why, what can I do, what do I do with myself? I mean, and, and it took a whole three years, but in that three years when I looked back to what it was, to what it is right now, it's night and day, but it was a journey that I had to do. I had to do it in order to appreciate where I am right now, to look at it and say, oh, I'm so happy that I went through all of that because it, it grew me. How do they say it grew you up? It grew me up. It made me mm-hmm. realize, no, I don't want to be in a in a position that doesn't give me what I need inside. Yes, it may give me what I need in the bank. It may give me what I need, you know, for the outward people, but it doesn't give me what I need for my heart to be happy, Mm -hmm. to truly be Mm -hmm. happy. So that was what I looked for, and and I didn't stop until I got it. And I I tell anybody, don't stop until you're completely, completely happy. I told my child that going through college, be happy. That is number one. It is not about the money. It's not about that. It's about being happy. Once you're happy, then it comes automatically. Mm Mm-hmm. And Dr. Tracy, did you have a gap in between a why I'm not going to before the why I want to and am going to emerged? Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, it was more for me, like I've always had a good idea in terms of what I desired to do and manifest, but for me it was about being able to let go and allow um, the manifestation of it, um, going through on my journey, constantly creating different things that pointed to what I was passionate about, but one of the things that I had to come to was that I needed to embody um, what was given to me versus every time I received um, guidance in terms of what was a part of my purpose, I I would always, you know, come up with things and try to give it to everyone else because I knew it would be a blessing, but it didn't go um, as far as I desired or intended because it needed to begin in me. So that was mm-hmm. like a big major thing for, you know, on my journey. That inside out thing really is important. You know, that's why even at the beginning of the show, when I talk about elevate, enlighten, empower, that I am doing this for myself 
and then it goes outwards and there's an opportunity for other people to be elevated or not, to be enlightened or not, or empowered. Or not. You know what I'm saying? All I'm doing is sharing my personal journey before I ever uh, make it available for other people to be aware of. And I know, like, Tanya, with your baking business, you're like, I have to like the way it tastes before I'm going to let anybody mm-hmm. else taste it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. You're, you're, exactly. You're like, if I don't like it, I'm not cooking it because, you know, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to taste it. I don't like coconut. I'm not making it with coconut, you know? So <laughs> the inside-out journey really is important because we're really here for our own experience. And I don't mean that from a selfish direction, like serve yourself above all else. You're meant to be a happy little bee doing what it is that you're doing, whether it's doing, you know, heart activation work with people or baking homemade goodies that spread love to the soul or researching information that helps people expand their awareness. All of these things are what we would be doing whether we were being compensated for them or not because the compensation is the actual energetic experience of doing that thing. And that is the biggest why you do it because you enjoy it. And when you, when they say if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life, you know, I don't necessarily subscribe to that wholeheartedly because, of course, we have to, you know, do output in terms of work being the effort manifested into tangible form. But certainly the vibration that we carry will be positive and high vibe if our why is aligned before we even begin to do that activity that it takes for us to produce our work out into the world. Well, I appreciate both of you popping on to share. Do you have any other further comments? All right. <laughs> well, uh, thank you both, Tanya and Dr. Tracy, uh, for adding your comments to the conversation. Um, you know, I think it's beautiful because the Good Vibe Tribe, uh, the folks who are connecting, if you are listening to this show, then you are part of the Good Vibe Tribe. And there is something that is being communicated that is going to resonate with an aspect of your awareness. And so part of the why as to why you chose to even check this out or be curious about it is because there is something that is vibrationally connected that will affirm for you in some way that there are other people out there like you who are also keyed into living a reality in a more aware and present state. Uh, We're always talking about having the eyes to see and the ears to hear, and I'll add to that all of the other senses with which to process the reality and take the inner journey outwards into a way that your outward state will then match that joyful, happy vibration of why 
that you have going on the inside. And just like the crystals that are shaped by the water that has received the positive frequency and those crystals make structures that are pleasing to behold, that are aligned and in synchronicity vibrationally in the way that they are formed, that is what we are when we are vibrating in a positive frequency. We are a sacred geometry pattern of frequency that will be spread on to others. And it will also impact their frequency as well because we all truly are connected. We're kind of porous, I guess you would say. So, well, this has been Conversational Elevation, and I am here every Thursday on the Vibrary Collective Network. Um, I invite you to tune in next week for another conversation about things high vibe. I'm hoping to have uh, an astrologer on next week so we could talk about a little bit about aligning ourselves with the energy of the stars And starting in February, we're also going to have a new show or relaunch of an old show, really, but here on the Vibrary Collective Network, it's the the Psychic Inside Show. And uh, this is an opportunity to connect and hear stories from people who have tuned in all the way to their, their GPS, if you will. They're using their psychic senses in interesting and profound ways, and their journey discovering what this has been for some people has been when they were children. They were always able to see beyond the veil, if you will. And for other people, it was during events in their adulthood and life. And there are so many different fascinating ways that people are coming to connection with higher consciousness in their own unique way. And I look forward to having the opportunity to talk with folks and, and share their stories with you on a week weekly basis as well. So stay tuned for the launch of that. And also just to uh, share an exciting announcement uh, that in March, on March 21st and 20th and 21st, which is a Saturday and Sunday, this is the spring equinox weekend, and it is the launch of the virtual Vibrary Elevation Station. Now, the Vibrary Elevation Station events are pop-up events that happen where we can bring high-vibe products and services to communities where there may not be access to those kinds of services. It's kind of like a bookmobile, you know, the Elevation Station lands and we open our doors and people connect with us and are able to shop and, and meet other people who are bringing forward their gifts of and talents. We have artists and artisans, but this particular event is going to be a metaphysical fair and I have a beautiful lineup of amazing people who will be available to deliver readings and guidance on those two days. So uh, you'll want to connect with the Vibrarian Facebook page because the event details will be announced there in the next week or so. And then we'll have all the bios coming out of all the practitioners who will be available. So if you've ever been curious about things like astrology or palm reading or wanting to connect with your own higher source and guidance, this will be a wonderful way 
for you to uh, experience that for the first time or maybe a, a repeat if you're a person who's already been able to connect for services like this. So uh, I'm very, very excited to look at new ways to bring this. This will be all virtual, so it doesn't matter where you are. As long as you can meet in the time zone that uh, the readings will be available, uh, all the sessions will be virtual, and so it will be a safe way for you to connect for the guidance that is uh, helpful to you in this time and place. So as I close, I just ask you to this week begin to sit with some of that why question. If you're beginning to feel a reaction to something that is making you angry or happy or joyful or sad, look to the why. Figure out is it because it's something you've seen externally that is impacting you and look at ways that maybe you might need to adjust your boundaries or even expand your boundaries, especially if it's something that has been making you feel a positive reaction to it. But more importantly, look to your own inner state and figure out if you're ruminating on something or if you're stressing on something. Go ahead and follow that little breadcrumb trail until you can get to your why, and there will be the opportunity for you to shift into a different frequency of experience. This week, I wish for you all of the vibrationally positive experiences to come your way and that you are just so overflowed with blessings abundantly that all of this good vibrational energy spills out of you and onto the world around you. Know that the light in me absolutely recognizes, acknowledges, and loves unconditionally the light in you. Namaste.